but I guarantee you that you have a skill related to some piece of marketing. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, Emily Reagan here. I am so excited to have you here today. We are bringing back a a Facebook Live interview I did with one of my Unicorn All-Star students, Heather Hansen. She's going to speak about her new Unicorn VA work life, what's happening in her business, and give you some ideas of what it's like to be doing the work behind the scenes. Now, Heather took the Digital Media VA crash course in the fall and was booked out within a few months. You'll hear how she found clients what tasks she's actually performing for them, what she's learning about sales funnels, what clients really need, and all of that. Her story about getting started is unique. I think a lot of you will be able to relate to it. She was in the corporate world and struggling with that, and now she's happier working for herself and working from home and being home with her fur babies and not having to do the corporate world. Also, Heather is pivoting her virtual services, and I can't wait for you to learn more. I know you'll find her helpful if you're just getting started, so tune in now. Everything you want to know about working online, she took the course back in the fall, so she is a few months ahead of some of my students now, and she has some really good insight to share. So hey, Heather, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So I want to start off with you telling everybody about what you were doing and your pre-crash course life? Like where, where do you live and where were you working? And tell us about your background. Yeah, sure. So, um, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and I have kind of, I've always lived in Pennsylvania, but I have lived on both sides of the state. I started out right after I got a degree in communications and I started out, um, doing magazine writing for a really small publication where I grew up initially. Um, And then I moved to Pittsburgh, decided to do a dual master's program at Point Park University. And that was actually in PR and advertising management. Um, I did a little bit of PR, um, a little bit of internal communications work, and kind of bobbed here and there all over the place um, in communications and marketing for about the past 10 years or so. And that was primarily in healthcare. And the last role I was in right before joining the course was a project management role for a very large healthcare, integrated healthcare and um, insurance system. And I hated it. I was good at it. <laughs> I was, um, the great thing was that I was working with creative people, but in the role that I was in, I was not the one creating. And it became very evident to me very quickly that just doing the herding the cats work, as I like to call it, was not for me. And um, actually, it ended up putting me in total burnout. I was working 60 or so hours a week and still never had my workload done. So I felt like I was constantly failing. And (laughs) that was not a good space for me. Um, And so I ended up doing that job for my mental health. And that was right at the beginning of September 2019. And then at that point, I was basically on, as I like to call it, a self-induced sabbatical. Um, And then just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And yes, so I I took a break. And then um, as I was like, in the process of what do I do next? How do I combine these skills that I've learned and gathered through my career to find a suitable thing that isn't going to put me back into this position again? Um, And I, and it was just like, "Ah." 
Facebook ad, Emily Reagan. <laughs> and yes, exactly. And, <laughs> and I was like, well, this seems like a good match because, and when I was finishing up my master's degree, I was at a point in that space where I thought about, I had worked in smaller offices at that point in my career. And I was like, maybe helping small business owners would be um, like, that's something that I was interested in doing, but I had no idea how to even make that happen back in 2012. So I ended up getting a corporate job and then being in corporate for the next six, seven years. Oh um, and you did, did it pay good? Because I always felt like I watched my peers um, <laughs> up the corporate ladder and I just have this like pretty dream or fancy that they are like making gobs of money. Um, not necessarily. <laughs> so not worth the 60 hour work week. <laughs> definitely not in that scenario. Um, you know, depending on the place. So I think it depends on where you're at, but I was in nonprofit healthcare. So even though these were massive, massive um, healthcare organizations, financially they're considered nonprofits. So they don't, because they do a lot of um, giving back to patients that can't afford care and that sort of thing. So in communication roles in that space, the pay was consistent and decent but not anything like yeah oh, I'm just rolling in my bed of money over here so I profit <laughs> communication director roles and I basically just laterally moved I was never going to make more than 40k which was great I mean that was perfect at, like for our family uh but once I became a mom I'm like um that kind of isn't worth it when I paid for daycare <laughs> Quite, yeah, yeah, just because things had shifted, and I'm lucky that we could live off my husband's salary in the Air Force. But so, what kind of skills did you come to the crash course with? Like, because you already have these master's degrees, it's totally intimidating to me, you know. And I've worked in PR, <laughs> like, what actual skills did you come to the table with? Sure, so I I'm one of those people that loves learning. That's how I ended up with a master's degree because um, I came out of my undergrad degree right when our last gigantic recession occurred. And so, <laughs> so the, the timing of that, um, I think, made higher education very appealing at that moment because... I worked a couple of years and then, and my whole undergrad career, everyone was like, you're going to get a master's. You're going to get a master's. You're super smart. You're getting a master's. So that just seemed like the next step for me. Um, And I get asked a lot now by younger um, people or people who are thinking about going back to grad school. Was it worth it to you? Because I was, I love learning It was, but I think you can find ways of learning what you need to know without that master's degree, without even a traditional degree. To get to what my skills were, because that was a tangent, (laughs) um, I I do a lot of learning in roles. Um, So I'm just a curious person. And so um, in my one role, I got hired on in internal communications and I got hired primarily to do writing. And then I ended up managing the intranet platform for the hospital system I was working in, which had 60,000 employees. So (laughs) I got to dip my toe in a lot of tech nerd stuff. And I started ML and CSS basics and the back end of WordPress Um, And started realizing that I was interested in, like, that I have this um, dichotomy of wanting to do the creative stuff and also wanting to understand the techie stuff. Um, So in that role, I was the intranet, enterprise-wide intranet guru. People called me a guru. And I was like, please don't. (laughs) Yeah, what I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I was also the 
editor and lead designer for a monthly digital magazine that went out to employees. So those are two really weird, disparate things <laughs> to, to combine. Um, I can so relate to this because I am both of that. I am totally both of that. And that's why this, this like area we're in doing digital marketing, social media is amazing. Yeah, And there's not many, like, that's what is so appealing to me. So yeah, so I would say most of my time was spent in writing um, a little bit of PR. And that's like, internal communications and business writing, marketing writing, and PR writing. And then, like I said, kind of that tech stuff, and then um, I had started doing more learning around on my own through online courses mm-hmm. um, to learn web design on WordPress and build up my HTML, CSS, and PHP skills. And then I also have that design component too. So I'm very comfortable and had been doing a lot of work in the past in the Adobe Creative Suite. Um, so yeah, this world, I was just like, what? You can do what? For who? That's awesome. And it's so rewarding working with small business owners. Yeah. I just love helping them. It just feels so good when you help them move forward and get their products out there and they get so stuck in the tech and then to be able to bring in the writing aspect of it too. Like I like being a one man band. I like being autonomous and just getting the work done. It's not for everybody. That's for sure. And in the crash course, we teach at least like knowing what's out there. But what did you actually learn from the crash course? Because you came with such like a good. So, yeah. So I think for me, what was super valuable was understanding how small business owners need to put all of these pieces together. Like I knew that my skills would fit into this world well, and that I would be able to offer a lot of value to my clients and wear a lot of hats, which I really enjoyed doing. But the course really helped me understand um, the tactics and strategies that a lot of business owners are using to be able to actually get new leads coming in. And so like, for me, it's this really amazing opportunity to help someone, you know, understand their branding and how that messaging is going to need to be deployed across all of their, their spaces. And then how we can actually use different tactics to bring in new leads, pull those leads down through a funnel and get them to take the actions that we want them to take. And I think beyond the course, And also, it's just been a really good community to interact with other people who are working through this process and finding clients that need this sort of support and having your mentorship to figure out like, oh, well, you know, we're thinking about doing this. Does this make sense for this type of business? Does anyone else have ideas on something else we can try if things are just like fizzling or not so much to know out there and we cannot know it all even though some of us have a good head start we cannot we can't keep up with it so my vision was collectively we could keep up with it and everyone inside especially in our work group where it's a little more private and we have people coming to the table with different skill sets and that's really I don't know that's worth it because I know if I need tech help I can come to you and I get stuck and I did the other day oh my god I just I just got you know sometimes we just need to like work through it and talk yeah. to somebody and I'll be talking to my husband and he's like glazing over and I'm like right. in a great working. I'm like I did it before and and I just you know yeah. all of you can relate to this like it just doesn't always take like the 30 minutes it should have taken you right and, yeah so that's that's what I really see. And Heather, which is surprising because I didn't know you had so much PR background, to me, you're like the, the ultimate techie. 
<laughs> I feel like you're beyond me. Like, you know, more coding. And I think that's, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and the courses and that's okay with me. Like I, I admit, like, I'm not going to know everything and be the best at everything, but like collectively we work so well together. I just love it. Yes. But I had no idea about all this writing experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one. So like from as soon as I could hold a crayon, I was writing sort of kid. I was like drawing and writing full stories sort of thing. Um, so that was just like where life sort of directed me. And then um, I think it wasn't, I didn't have confidence when I was younger to be, to really own the tech side of things. Um, and then I don't know, I married an IT guy and Ooh. I don't know that like, <laughs> So I have a secret weapon too. If anyone ever has <laughs> uh, web hosting issues. Oh my god! I've never run into that before. <laughs> oh my. Um, so how did you get your first client? You didn't have any freelance clients before the course. I did, um, but it was I wasn't actively working with them when I started the course. It was just something I had done at one point when I had left. Um, I was actually at American Eagle Corporate for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and that was another another story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, so I had left that role and gone and started doing some freelance work at that point and then got kind of sucked back into the corporate world. Um, so I did know a little bit about freelancing. I had only had the one client at that point. So when I started the course, it was, or I guess when we were wrapping the course, it was right around the holidays. I technically launched my business right at the end of December, but I was like, eh, it's probably going to be quiet because it's the holidays. Um, and then basically within this one week, <laughs> yeah. it, like the floodgates opened and I ended up being booked out through the end of this month. Um, yeah. In like a, a week's time. So, so right. I'm sorry. What was it after Christmas that you got booked out? Yeah, it was, um, I probably started having those conversations in January and then the actual like client booking details kind of ended up at the end of January. And then I started all the work in February. So I found a couple of clients through Facebook group networking and I'm still working with both of them. Awesome. And then I also found one who I'm still working with through your um, job op postings. She's a painter in Zanesville and she's super fun to work with and super nice. Healthcare oh, <laughs> industry, right? <laughs> no, yeah. And um, no, so I have a painter, a business coach, a organizational specialist, and then my freelance client that I had previously worked with needed a short term. Uh, marketing manager and that was me so <laughs> and I'm working with them through the end of this month um and they were a big one for me I'm working about 25 hours a week for them right now do you charge yeah. hourly right now no so I'm it's actually it's a pretty sweet gig I'm on retainer for them um so if anyone's super new and doesn't know retainer how retainers work um basically we have a set amount of hours for each month and obviously I try to work that amount of hours for them but if they don't give me all of the work to fill those hours I still get paid for that amount of time yeah which is it basically nice. ensures that you have the client work and you don't have to go out and find other clients and the client's like all right I got Heather, I have her yeah. for 50 hours this month. And then that kind of gets their butt in gear to give you the work. And if they yeah. don't make it, they don't make it. Like they're paying to have you on call. So yeah. retainers are a good way to go, especially if you, you know, want to price hourly, but you're not really sure, like you want a minimum because you don't yeah. want a ton of clients for only like four hours. This is a way to kind of like yeah. build up, um, what am I trying to say? Just like your monthly work, without being all stressed out. Yeah. 
Exactly. And there, I mean, it was kind of perfect because I had already worked with them before. So I knew their, their strategies. They're a, well, they're the largest printing industry trade organization in the U S. So uh, they, yeah, they do a lot of like educational work, a lot of conferences, which has been really interesting to be supporting from a marketing standpoint during this situation. Um, so like we had a bunch of spring conferences that were coming right when everything hit. And so it was a lot of pivoting, um, had to cancel a bunch of in-person large scale conferences shift things to digital as much as we could as far as still getting those speakers the keynote speakers we had lined up on zoom or go to meeting and presenting their presentations so yeah that is just kind of i don't know keeps me sharp as far as being able to implement an entire marketing strategy from tip to tail. That's actually something that I did for one of my other clients that I found through a Facebook group. Um, She was working to launch a webinar and she just needed somebody who was going to be able to take the reins and run with it. And so I did everything from the, the strategy to the you know email sequence writing, landing page writing, implementation, getting everything connected and integrated, um, all of the opt-in material designs and layout, yeah. video editing at the end, all, all of that fun stuff. You were the magical unicorn doing everything. <laughs> now, this is why I want to see you going to day rates too, because when you can sit down and build an entire sales funnel from start to scratch, like it's time to start upping the ante. Yeah. Like not everyone can do everything you're offering. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you there. <laughs> I think too, like that's what's so appealing about this work for me too, because I truly struggled in corporate with people telling me I needed to specialize. I needed to specialize. You can't do everything. That's not how this works. You need to figure out what your one thing is you want to do. And I was like, no. I don't want to choose. Yes, this is my message. I don't have to choose. And it turns out you don't, kids. You don't have to choose. You can, if you're doing your own thing, there are people out there who need someone who can wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, And if you are resourceful and you're willing to learn, there are a ton of resources out there to be able to get that knowledge. Um, And I think, and I didn't know everything. Like I still don't know everything. I I learned a lot about digital marketing through the course. Um, While I have all of this background in communications and marketing, and I kind of know how the system works, I guess, (laughs) Um, how the pieces all fit together. Digital marketing moves so fast that things that I was learning in 2012 have nothing to do with the scenario that we are in now. And I think that's moving even faster with the COVID-19 situation and all of these people now needing to shift even more. It's just there are tons of opportunities out there. And I think. It just takes figuring out what your skills are. And maybe you don't have background in marketing, but I guarantee you that you have a skill related to some piece of marketing. I promise that. (laughs) And we can build from there. Paraphrase what you just said, because it was so good. And I want people to really hear your point. Heather came with degrees, a high level of tech knowledge, but she still needed to put the pieces together, learn the online business formula, dust off her skills. Even though she's younger than me, she still needed to dust off her skills. 
and be hireable. And it, it, it works for anyone at any level. Like this is just a requirement for this day and age. There's so much that has come out in the last two years. And I like to think that the, the, the VA crash course is the, I don't want to say like cheaper, but it's the more technical, more affordable way of skipping James Wedmore's training, Marie Forleo's tra- training, Jennifer Allwood's training, Amy Porterfield's training. I mean, that alone is like what, $10,000 probably if we're going to do all of that. So, yeah. you know, when we're, you're paying a couple hundred dollars for a course, like pick the right one, but keep that in mind. Like how much is it going to skip you ahead and how much you're going to learn and how updated is it? But right. I'm tooting my own horn there, but we all needed to update our skills. I had to, I just did it painfully over seven years. Yeah. <laughs> piece by piece by piece. Right. So yeah. I, and I think hammer that home now. So tell me what you've learned the most once you got through the course, you're getting your, your clients. Tell me what you've learned the most by doing on the job. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs, design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. So I think that the biggest thing is just, once again, I didn't know everything, but I am very willing and capable of putting on a good coat of figure at the bleep out. Um, so there is a lot, like, even once you get through the course as comprehensive as it is, um, it truly is a crash course, right? Like you are giving us the base foundation of all of the bits and pieces that we might need to know, Mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of on the job learning that you're going to do. So I would say like, be patient with yourself as you're starting to get your first clients. And I always looked at it as if there was something that I wasn't quite sure how to do, I would, but it was like still in my wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. I would agree to do it for the client and use my own time to learn what I needed to learn to implement. If it's something that's going to apply to my future business offerings, something that I'm probably going to need to do for another client again, I'm not going to charge that client for that time. So that was a big thing is just a lot of the stuff you're not going to, because there's so many different um, platforms out there that you're going to have. If you have three clients, you'll probably have five different ways that things are all MacGyver duct taped together to get everything to go unless they have Kajabi. (laughs) (laughs) And then if you're trying to add zoom. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like there's still, there's just so many different things that have to all talk to each other and Mm -hmm. trigger this and that. But I kind of like love figuring that sort of stuff out. Like I love it. So, you're going to have to learn that probably in every use case until you are, you know, Emily with 10 years under your belt. You may be, but like, there's still constantly programs coming out that are changing things. And I know for myself, so feeling very inspired by Shanti. I'm working on, I want to put together a little opt-in quiz for myself um, and hopefully some clients. And I was just going through all of the options. Obviously, she spoke to um, try interact, but I was seeing what else was out there and was just like, oh, that doesn't integrate with this. Oh, that doesn't integrate with this. Nope, there's no Zapier for that one. Like, yeah. it, so it's just... <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's nice when you're in that position where when clients come to you and you've dabbled enough where you're like, Ew, we're going to go this way. Right. I yeah. know that this way is a lot of heartache and a lot of blood, sweat and tears, 
and we're going this way and we're going with what I use and like, but you have to kind of get to that point. Yes. You get to your point by just volunteering, like you said, and doing it. And I, I was even doing that this week with that uh, integration I was talking about. I put in way more hours than I'm going to charge, but like now when I, if I do that training for the work group, you're going to think I did it in 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is a little bit fake it till you make it. Like if you, if you are confident that it's something that you will be able to figure out and like, not everyone does love this tech side of things. Like some people, the integration work is, is a bitter pill to have to swallow. So don't specialize in that area. Then there's going to be tons of other parts of this world that you will excel and flourish in. And even if you're an online business manager, you need to know that Zapier exists and gets the payment processor talking to the email service provider. You just need to know it exists so you can manage the person to do it and find the person who can do it. And then you come into our network and you ask Heather if she has any availability. (laughs) Yeah. And actually like (laughs) me and Marilee are are doing stuff like that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Fellow unicorn. Um, Yeah. Because she is, really great at copywriting and social media and that sort of stuff. But the the tech integration stuff, she's like, I don't want to mess with this. So, yeah. hey, you want to collaborate? We can pair up. And I was like, yes, let's do that. So, and the funny thing is when I first joined the course, I totally thought I'm going to do social media services. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, yeah, because it has the content and the design aspects. Mm-hmm. And then that is just not the way that things worked out. And I'm not sad about that. Yeah. Um, there's something about launches or mm-hmm. a, a specific end goal that just clicks in my brain. Yeah, And so it's kind of... I. I've been told by previous bosses that I'm I'm really good at seeing both the forest and the trees. <laughs> so I can kind of see big picture and do, 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 know exactly the steps we need to take to get from A to B. Um, but then I'm also not so far removed that I know all of the little bits and pieces of actual like boots on the ground work to get to actually get between the points. Well, um, I almost see you kind of rebranding yourself and being like the sales funnel ninja. I mean, d- that might be trademarked. I don't know. <laughs> I think that you will be, you'll skip ahead a little bit more if you can re- do that. And maybe your quiz is like, where is your sales funnel going wrong? <laughs> yeah, so... Because you could go in there and see the tree and you can also see the forest. Like you're o- you have no offer or... This, you know, you're you're not anchoring your offer. I mean, you could get in there and mess with it. And I think you would like that to see yeah. the stats and see yeah. where people are dropping off. Yeah, because that's the other thing, like, and something else that I've done in my past roles was so internal communications, it's kind of the like sad forgotten <laughs> part of marketing. <laughs> So, which means, and this is why I ended up in that world for so long, I think, you don't have the big budget that the primary marketing team does, even if your company is bringing in millions a year. So you have a a much smaller team, usually, and that smaller team has to wear a lot of hats. So that was where I was able to, and that's where I ended up doing intranet guruing slash also editing and designing a magazine <laughs> every month. Um, yeah, so I don't remember why I started saying this. Mm. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. It was related to this point. Well, I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> it's like quarantine mom break. I do know that you and I are very alike in the fact that I could not personally handle 
just Pinterest clients or just social media clients. I like the design and layout. I like the creative, but sometimes I like the tech work. Both relax my brain in different ways, but either one of them, I couldn't do them for 12 hours a day. You know? Yeah. Analytics. Oh, go bring it up. (laughs) Analytics. It was so that was another thing I did in that role. So I I kind of owned the homepage of our intranet. And so I had to pull reports. I had to pull all sorts of and figure out our e-newsletter that went out daily. So there was just a lot of reporting that needed to go on in that world um, as well. So one of my favorite jobs that I did when I was a communications director at our arts council or nonprofit, we would send out weekly emails and I love just gathering the stories. And it was almost kind of like internal communications because most of the people were on our board. Like, yeah. not like people yeah. were subscribing to our list and just kind of bragging about what my teammates were doing and our programs were doing. And yeah. I would, I was working with Constant Contact, which was so ghetto back then. And I had to go in there and like code things. And I just really liked producing something every week. Like, yeah here you go world. This is what we did. And I, I get such satisfaction out of that. And, um, if we dive into the psyche, uh, there's probably some like therapy needing to happen is I put myself worth on, um, productivity. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I've always that too. What? that was the project management thing. That's why that did not gel for me. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting in meetings and I'm dealing with trying to mediate between party A, B, and C, but I am not actually contributing anything. Now, most people I worked with would absolutely have said, um, yeah, you are. But to me and for my work style and what I find fulfilling no <laughs> it was not it was not okay with me some people um, are so good at that they really are good at like they see they get the point of like rank, like hurting the cats and getting this yeah. project done I think I just like how do I say that like working in the smaller component like I don't always like managing everything but that is such a need for that on a higher level, as the business owner grows, like they need that project manager who can talk to people like you and me who are doing the work. And I, I don't like being in charge of it. Yeah. I, mean, I like I, people around, but <laughs> I don't want to follow up over and over. <laughs> yeah. And when I took the role, I was like, oh, well, this is one part of most of my jobs that I've had. The issue being that the other part of most of the roles that I had had was the actual creativity part. And I don't know what in my mind made me think that I would be fine not having that creative outlet, but it it did not work. And I didn't have the time outside of the job because I was working so much to have those outlets in in my free time. And so it just... I mean, it was, it was ugly at the end. I drove around a very, very well-known intersection in Pittsburgh multiple times crying hysterically. <laughs> um, I'm glad trying you- to decide if I could go to work that day. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you got yeah. there. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really scary choice to walk away from I, I had been a contractor with, in that role for over a year through like a third party hiring agency. I had just like three months prior, finally become a full-time employee. And then it was, I knew within two weeks of being in my new role because I had transitioned teams and it, it's a whole, it's a saga. I should write a blog post. Um, <laughs> I would love to read it. And um, I knew within like two weeks, nope, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. And I kind of just thought I was going to just trudge along and just keep showing up. And my body and my mental health chose otherwise. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. 
Well, I want to read that for later. I want to know that how you quit story. <laughs> I just love hearing these personal stories about how people make steps and get closer to that thing. And we all like my journey hasn't been easy. I've had a lot of like crappy jobs and crappy bosses. Yeah. And when you step back from it, you're like, wow, it got me to this place. And that is so beautiful. And I don't know where it's going. And I embrace that. And you have to embrace that about this type of work. It's scary. It's not for everyone to have their own business, right. you know, and this type of like training can lead to a full-time job with a company. If that's your thing, like, you know, Tanya's case in point, but I mean, you just have to kind of be okay with that. And I'm yeah. so proud of you for stepping away. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, as horrible as it was in the moment, I'm super grateful that it happened because if I had been in a comfortable enough corporate role that wasn't causing me massive amounts of stress and anxiety, I probably would have just treaded along and kept doing that, even though I don't think that's really what I should be doing with my life. So I think that uh, honestly, it was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed to find something that I am really passionate about. And like a whole new door opens and everybody has a different story about how they got there or maybe why they're in this job, in this group and what they're looking for. Yeah. Gotta embrace it. Yes. You no, know, you can't live in the past. You've got to just step through that door and take those steps to move forward, whatever that is for you. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah. And, and there, and <clears throat> I've even done some shifting and learning just in the short time since doing the course and being a part of the work group. Um, like I said, I thought I was going to be a social media manager, yeah. but <laughs> um, something about funnels and then web design and branding components and I don't know. It, when I say it all together, I'm like, oh, that's so much. <laughs> but I think, you know, there is a space for that. There is a business owner. There are a bunch of business owners that still need those services and they can't hire three people to fill those roles. Um, and that was, imagine how long that would take. You could sit down and design a very high converting landing page, you could say, Hey, I know what the industry stats are. I know what we need and let me just do that. And you could get that all done in a, in a day. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I am exploring. Um, yeah, I'm in the middle of working towards restructuring how I'm, how I'm packaging and offering my services. Um, so I've been working on kind of shifting to that retainer um, slash day rate project slash project package yeah. situation. Now that I know, because obviously when I was first starting out, I w- I didn't know, I knew how to do all of the pieces, but I didn't know how much time it would take me to exactly. do all and, of them. And it make you feel good, you know, when you are like handing the keys to a castle to a business owner and you're like, dang, those were really good emails I wrote. And I know there's copywriters out there who charge up yeah. the wazoo for that. Like, yeah. you, you get more comfortable, but it, it takes a while to get there. You don't start off like that. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. You're going to be there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, and it's just, it's so interesting. Like what I would encourage everyone to do is, If you have an interest in lead funnels or figuring out how to support that and supporting it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the person who is doing the content. Yeah. There's a whole scope of support levels that you can do with lead funnels and opt-ins and those or like course launches and webinar launches, that sort of stuff, or like group openings, paid group openings. I've done that as well. Start signing up for master classes. Like anyone that you come across, sign up for it because you can learn so much just by paying attention to the email sequence that you get once you sign up. 
the landing page that you're on when you're getting funneled in to register for the event, what the offer is after the free thing, because yeah. like, that's the point of the funnel. <laughs> so, too, when you see what people are doing, what they're charging, and you, if you're sitting in a masterclass, you're like, I know all of this. Like, that was worth your time, too. Sometimes I only get one little nugget, and sometimes I'm like, okay. I don't need to take any courses in this. I feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you'll have a very busy inbox if you start doing this. Yeah. But that information can be super useful to you too, especially if you are interested, like if you have some writing background or interest in writing, that can be a gateway to start understanding how this particular type of copywriting is executed. I personally am reading Caldini right now, which is like the godfather of sales psychology. Um, um, to under because he is constantly referenced when it comes to conversion copywriting and understanding the little triggers that get people to take action. You have to tell me more. I'm reading the Ray Edwards one right now about copywriting. I kind of uh, put it aside to start a novel. (laughs) Get back into that. And like Shanti was saying, when you're more, when you're dealing with an offer, there's more opportunity to charge more and get paid more contractor as to some of the more um, time-saving tasks. Yes. Business owners don't always see like the immediate ROI on that. And they don't always, you know, it's just how it is. So if you can get into the conversion side of things, the conversion copywriting and sales building, it's just an opportunity to charge higher. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because you do have to kind of understand that background. And there's another component to it, which... um, I don't know that a lot of smaller business owners are utilizing as best they could. And it's something I'm hoping to get into, but um, which is the, the research research component, the customer research component. Yeah. Because obviously if you want to effectively reach your audience, you need to understand what their motivations are and you can't really make assumptions of that Um, or you can, but it might not be your messaging probably isn't going to be as impactful if you are. Um, I brought that up because that's something I've never talked about, but that's what I have done for my clients to go above and beyond to be the little reporter. Yeah. (laughs) Let me find out what's going on. Let me check the the culture of the group. Why is our retention down? And I'll talk to people. And survey them. And, you know, not everybody wants to jump on a phone call with me. And honestly, I hate cold calls and calling anyway. But you can do that, that grunt work for your business owner because they know they need to do the research, but they don't always have the time. So even that could be a whole niche. Yeah. And yeah, totally. It's definitely something I want to start looking into um, for my clients since I am doing a lot of the content creation and things that are often leading to a product offer or something of that nature and do it at a price point that is still obviously worth my time, but available and reasonable for a smaller business owner because it, it sounds more, I don't know. It sounds trickier than it is a lot of the time. Like you don't have to have super highly specialized um, like a whole R&D department to just start doing some data mining about, you know, your general audience, or like you said, just talking to people. It's like kind of so simple that you like, don't think about it. <laughs> I think like you don't think about doing a survey to your list that you have that exists or yeah. Gosh, I always have to remind my clients, like once they've done the offer, okay, now we need the survey. Now we need to figure out why people didn't buy. Some of those things are a little bit painful for them. Sometimes they yeah. want to like stand a little bit back from it. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll be yeah. the dog when it comes to you and your business. But I need yeah. a bulldog when it comes to me, <laughs> my own. Yeah. 
I think it depends on the client, but obviously some, some business owners, like that is what they want. And some business owners are very attached to what they have or what they've thought of. And so it can be painful for them to, in writing, it's like, it's the kill your darlings thing (laughs) where like, don't get so attached to this thing that you love it like it's your kid. Um, oh my God. Um, that's hard. A whole nother conversation that we should have again, have you back to talk about boundaries and some of the things you've learned. And and that's hard when you do love it like your kid and it's not your kid. Yeah. But that's, yeah. That, I feel like that's a whole nother. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Thank yeah, you for being here. And talking with everyone, it's so fun just to get to talk to you face-to-face because you have been such a great community member over in our work group and in our students group, and you're so encouraging. And it's been so fun to watch you book out, like, as you would update me, like, client by client. And I I knew it was a matter of time. I mean, (laughs) and it's a matter of finding the right clients, but, like, you booked out, and I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. So if anyone has any questions for Heather, I saw some people asking more about retainers, just pop them into the group and Heather will be awesome and she'll help answer and let you know what it really looks like. All right. Thanks so much. We'll we'll chat. Bye. Bye. Isn't Heather amazing? I'll put ways to connect with her in the show notes, so go check that out. She has a couple speaking gigs, some of her first ones in her business as she starts to get more visible, so you might want to go check those out too. I'll link to those. And since I last talked to her, she's been really narrowing down her service to the sales funnel, to auditing strategies and implementation, and working toward day rates. She's going to get there 100% of the time and very soon. I encourage you to connect with her and watch her grow. Now, next week, we'll be talking about masterclasses, webinars, free trainings, and that part of the sales funnel. It's something we call top of the funnel. So stay tuned. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Putting me in total burnout. Um, That's my mom. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Find this call. Now it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs>